Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is Ephesians 5, 22-33. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today in the presence of God and all of these podcast listeners to talk about Ephesians 5, 22 through 23, which addresses the topic of marriage. In fact, it is the longest passage in the New Testament specifically addressing husbands and wives. Now, I want us, before we really dive into that, to stop and remember the context This is the second part of Ephesians 5. What we saw yesterday, going back to verse 1, talks about how all Christians need to imitate God and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. There's this broader Christian principle of I need to walk in love. And love is not just some feeling that I feel. Love is really giving of myself for the sake of others. And now we're going to see how that applies to family relationships and the kind of everyday relationships, because chapter six, we'll get into children and parents, fathers, really, and then slaves and masters. But here we will look at wives and husbands. And we'll see this broader principle of love now applies specifically to marriage. And so if we want to take one broad theme here, if we think about what is the key to a godly Christian marriage, it's really going to be that idea of love as giving up yourself. God is going to call both the wife and the husband to give of themselves for the sake of the other. Really, marriage is not about, oh, just something that's going to make you happy. Marriage is about something where you will sacrifice every day. Uh, Marriage in that sense is a race to the bottom. How can I outserve and outsacrifice for this other person? Now, as we go through this, there's probably three groups of people listening to this. Obviously, those of you that are married, and that'll be easy to see the application. There may be some of you that are not married, but you hope to be someday. And as you think through what we see here, I want you to think about the principle of as now, so then. You will not magically change as a person when you get married. So the kind of person that you are now is the kind of person you will be someday when you are married. So look at these things that God is telling wives to do and God is telling husbands to do and say, okay, I'm not married right now, but am I living out really those principles in my life? right now, because that is who I will be later. And then there may be a third group of you that maybe you are widowed or a widower or you're divorced and maybe later in life thinking, yeah, I'm not going to be married again. Well, even as you listen to this, remember those broader principles. And I would encourage you, well, pray for those you know that are married uh, and, and that they would apply these principles. Another thing before we get into wives and husbands, I want you to note That here, and likewise, elsewhere in the New Testament, when it addresses wives and husbands, it addresses them individually, addresses them separately. 
We cannot find a passage in the New Testament that says married couples do this because God has a specific design for the wife and for the husband. And a healthy marriage will come when the wife is saying, what does God tell me to do? I'm going to do that. And the husband says, well, what is God telling me to do? And I am going to do that. So with that said, let's get into what it says to wives and then to husbands. It says in verse 22, wives submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body and is himself its savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. And here there really is language of submission to an authority. I mean, it's talking about how the church submits to Christ. That is the model that is given here for wives to their husbands. And this is not popular in our culture. The the culture does not like how the Bible phrases this. I've even been at weddings where clearly people that aren't going to church, aren't familiar with the Bible's teaching are are present. And I've literally seen women roll their eyes when the, the pastor talks about this idea and even uses that word, that word submit, right? And even you hear people mutter under their breath. Yeah, right. Well, no, it is right. This is what God has designed. Now, there's another word that Uh, helps us understand this. And it's used at the end of the passage. It says, let the wife see that she respects her husband. And that really shows an attitude, an attitude that shouldn't just be something wives that you have on the inside, but something that you express, that you show respect to your husband. Because there are some things that submit does not mean. Submit does not mean you should never wife voice your opinion. Submit doesn't say that uh, you, you shouldn't tell your husband what you're thinking. In fact, I would strongly encourage you wives Tell your husband what you're thinking because he cannot read your mind. But how do you go about doing that? You should go about doing that in a manner of respect, always showing deference to your husband, always showing a submission to his leadership in the home, a leadership that has been designed by God. So wives, I would encourage you to examine yourself and to say, am I respecting my husband? Do I show that in how I talk to him? When he asks me to do something, do I do it? If I have a concern, how do I raise it? Do I raise it in a way that is disrespectful or a way that shows honor to my husband? And wise to be able to do this, you're going to need to look past your husband because he is not perfect and say, I'm doing this because I'm trusting God. And we'll see that more in some of the other marriage passages in the New Testament that really speaks to that motive. I'm trusting God. And that's why I can submit to my husband because I'm looking past my husband to see Christ. He is the head of the church. He ultimately is my provider and protector. So I'm going to do what he says. And I also just want you to look and look out at our culture. This is not popular in our culture, but Just look and say, well, how's that going for them? How's that working out for our culture? Is the state of marriage strong in our culture? Not even close. The state of marriage in our culture is abysmal. So 
maybe we need to be finding ways to get back to what God says about marriage, even if it is countercultural. Maybe in our culture, we need something that goes against the grain because the, the flow of our culture is towards all kinds of trouble in marriage. Now it gets to the husbands. And I want just to make a note here. With all of these that we're going to see, wives and husbands, children and fathers, uh, slaves and masters, there's an extent to which the culture would have nodded along with the first one. Even the, the non-Christian culture, uh, I mean, they wouldn't have understood this language of Christ and the church, but when they hear wives submit to their husbands, they would have been nodding along at that. Yeah, that's what a wife should do. Again, not in our culture, but back then, that, that's what they would have thought. But when it gets to, okay, husbands, this would have blown their minds. This would have been incredibly countercultural in that day. Husbands, love your wives and give yourself up for them? No, that, that was incredibly countercultural. And I think in our culture today, sometimes we think, oh, wives, they, they get kind of the hard part of this equation. No, read the part to the husbands. And husbands, I, I want you to really consider the weight of what God calls you to here. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. Husbands, prepare to give your life away for your wife. That's something you should be doing every day, sacrificing for your wife. She is now really in some ways your focus and goal, like Christ made his goal that the church to present them pure and spotless. Husband, that is the goal for your wife and you meant to accomplish that goal by sacrificing and giving of yourself for her. Now that gets a lot of attention. That, that comparison, you're supposed to love her like Christ loved the church. There's another comparison that I don't think gets as much attention. In the same way, verse 28 says, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. Basically, love your wife like you love yourself. And here's a good question, guys. What's your default answer to yourself? When you want something, what's your default answer to yourself? Yes. When you want something, you're going to do it. Now, hopefully there's some self-control there and, you know, I'm going to say yes, unless there's a good reason why I should say no to myself. That is the same measure you should use for your wife. Your default answer, men, to your wives should be yes. If my wife wants it, I want it. Unless, hey, well, actually, no, there's a good reason why we should not do this. Maybe a, a spiritual reason for the purpose of holiness. Maybe there's a financial reason. Yes, I, I, I would like to get that for you, but we cannot do that right now. And you show your wife even, well, I'm not going by one standard for me and another standard for you where I get whatever I want, but well, you have to pass a harder test than I do. No, love your wife like you love yourself for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it. There's a lot of tenderness in this passage. And there's a couple great mistakes I think men make today. One is that, I would say, of male abdication, where clearly from this passage, the male is to be the leader in the marriage. And a lot of men, they just give up on that, and their wives are all too happy to then take the lead. That's not right. 
But also another error is kind of the flip side of that. It's male domination. That's right. I'm going to lead and I'm going to rule with an iron fist. That's not the language we see God telling husbands uh, to lead with. They are to lead by love and sacrifice with nourishment and cherishing of their wives. Husbands, how are you doing on that? Is there a tenderness in your love and in your leadership? And a couple things just to close on here. First, again, notice it does not say anything to married couples. It speaks to wives and then it speaks to husbands. And I realize when there are difficulties in a marriage, that there's probably guilt to go around. There's probably problems on both sides. Obviously, there can be some extreme situations of adultery and abuse where there is a clear offender. But in a lot of just general marriage conflict, well, both could be handling it better. And here's what I would encourage you to do today, especially those of you that are married. You need to go and look at what God is calling you to do. And you need to forget about what your spouse is doing. Hopefully, yes, maybe there's some things that can change there, but you need to start with yourself and you need to remember you're accountable to God. You're going to stand before God someday and give an account for what he called you to do. So I want to encourage you to look at this text, hold it up as the mirror into your life and say, "Ah, am I doing what God wants me to do? And if not, you need to repent. And that repentance needs to be unconditional. And by that, I mean, not conditioned on whether or not your spouse changes. No, you need to do what is right. And the final thing I will say, look at how the passage ends. It reminds us, again, marriage is not about you. It's not about just your personal sense of happiness and satisfaction. No, it's going to involve love and sacrifice, but really it's about a bigger picture. Marriage is about Christ and the church. And so you need to remember, even in the difficulties of marriage, this is not about me. It's about reflecting Christ and the church. And in a culture where the state of marriage is abysmal, we need a whole lot more of that reflection in our world. And I hope our time today helps move us towards that end. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.